0: Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates, and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral truth the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above, as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskauspo. Well, guys, uh, we are going to wrap up our view of the non-conference games, uh, a little double episode today with the SIU Salukis and the Miami, Ohio Redhawks. Uh, we'll get into them in just one sec, but... Uh, we are getting days days away from the official launch of the Homefield Apparel Northwestern line um we, ow, ow. we talked about this last show um in, in our duke preview but uh homefield they have a northwestern line uh, it, it, again if you don't know who homefield apparel is you got you got to check them out homefieldapparel.com they have basically vintage shirts uh from schools all across the country big schools small schools you know nowhere schools they have both SIU and Miami of Ohio on Shh.
1: we're not here to talk about those schools fair, fair
0: enough fair enough well you know we'll, <laughs> we'll get to them in a bit but um you know Northwestern is coming on this year it's their big new saturday uh are week 10 in the big new saturday this year uh this saturday uh the 23rd of July at 12 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. Uh, go to homefieldapparel.com. The Northwestern line will be there. Uh, we are so excited to, to partner with Homefield. Um, they reached out to us and, and wanted us to be a part of the launch. Uh, they gave us our own offer code. So uh, for all new customers going to homefieldapparel.com, use the promo code Pirates, and you're gonna get 15% off your first order. Uh, so really, really excited. Um, I, I know most of you guys are excited too. Uh, just seeing kind of the response we've gotten already, uh, just from their initial teasers.
1: I mean, real talk. We're just excited to be able to buy home field t-shirts yes, for right. Northwestern. And and like we we have seen the designs. We can't tell you what they are yet, but they are fantastic. Um, it is not just football focused. Uh, other big ass programs at Northwestern are represented. There are 15 pieces of apparel in all. Um, shirts uh hoodies etc like this is something you want to be a part of if you're a northwestern fan you like these shirts get rave reviews as comfortable i have thought many times about buying other school shirts i've wanted to wait until this moment when i can you know sink a whole lot of money into uh, northwestern apparel as northwestern fans you
2: know that we need this we don't have great options this is this is a, a wonderful wonderful week One thing I wanted to mention that we didn't mention uh, on the Duke pod when we first brought up the home field deal. So we're not going to, you know, we're not going to tip this too much. Um, We mentioned we've seen the collection. It is awesome. We've definitely been hearing from some people. And this isn't just this week. This is something that was specifically brought up for months, years, whenever people would talk about home field potentially doing Northwestern. Specific choices they might make. Specific choices they might make as they might say pertain to Willie. I'm not going to go into any more than that. I'm just saying if you've asked or raised those kind of questions in the past – just start waving goodbye to your money now because it, this this Saturday you are going to be using it. Um, that's all I'm going to say. But you don't have
0: to use all of it. You can save 15% on your first order <laughs> uh, by using the promo code Pirates. So, um, again, homefieldapparel.com. Use the code WESLOPPIRATES at checkout. Uh, I mean, they they go through the archives of every school they go to to find, like, vintage logos and vintage apparel and they take that and they put that into these shirts. And um, I, my, my buddy is a big, uh, Florida grad and Florida right now is sitting on the <clears throat> record for biggest opening week uh, in home field um, history. I've seen the shirts that he has and I'm jealous and they're amazing. And now I'm psyched that we're going to get, be able to get out there. I know Northwestern isn't as big as Florida, but guys let's go, let's make a run at this record. We can do it. We,
1: we, we do have Darren Revell.
0: We do. We absolutely do. If we want to claim that, we can, but, you know.
2: Let's go. Well, as as Homefield said, they are expecting a record to be set in terms of uh, purchases and and hype from blue checkmarked Twitter people this
1: week. <laughs> well, from, <laughs> which... from, from these non-blue checkmarked Twitter people, like, uh, support your boys, um, please use our offer code, Whistle Pirates, it's going to, you know, help us have a good showing as part of this launch as well, which we really want to do. We're, we're thrilled about it.
0: So let's now turn our attention to um, our third game of the year uh, SIU. It's, you know, I, I know we'd all kind of hoped that this uh, FCS game had fallen off the, the path, but here we are. Um, you know, do I need, do I need to rant about the FCS game again? <laughs>
1: I mean, so like my my yearly rant of why do we do this? It's all
0: risk, no reward. It's just stupid, and I can't stand it. And you know, we we've seen that go the wrong way for us way more often than we should. Um, so yeah, John. I mean, I don't know how much you were able to glean about the SIU defense coming into the season, but uh,
2: oh oh, plenty. Okay, talk <laughs> talk to us. Um, yeah. So it's funny because the fact that we're stacking SIU and Miami in this preview, right? It it gives us an opportunity to say something that I don't know when we would say it, maybe during a Northwestern preview, but just this, this non-con is no peach. Um, And I think this, this pod is going to reinforce that with SIU and with the SIUD. I mean, in real talk, this team is all kinds of gross to have to play and and not just for the reasons Scuzz brought up. And I'm not excited about this. Here's the best place to start. SIU lost to Kansas State by eight last year on the road. They beat South Dakota State when SDSU was the number number two team in the FCS on the road. They beat South Dakota in the FCS playoffs on the road. They did all this despite, and this is like mind-boggling, Finishing last in the Missouri Valley Conference in time of possession, Southern Illinois had the number seven total defense and the number nine rush defense in an FCS conference with a good but not amazing FCS offense. I'm not going to step on SCUZ as part of that. Um, and but they nearly knocked off K State, and they beat the number two team, F, the number two FCS team in the country, away from home. Do you want to know how they did it? Because you're not going to like it. Southern Illinois finished second in the Missouri Valley Conference with 16 interceptions. But they also recovered a ludicrous 13 fumbles. SIU was third in the nation in the FCS in turnovers gained. Do you want to know why the other Purple Wildcats were losing at the half at home to this team last year? They turned it over four times. Kansas State lost two fumbles, and they threw two interceptions. Now, SIU does lose several top starters from last year's D, several of whom had their careers extended by that extra COVID year. So, if you want to be glass half full, I suppose you could argue that this team had no business even winning eight games in the FCS last year if you look at raw defensive yardage. But we don't care how SIU does in the FCS next year. We only care about this game. And the fact of the matter is SIU is going to take all of these crazy gambles on pass plays and just try to rip the ball out on every single run play and just hope that they get lucky. And they've been really, really lucky. So the best way to win this game is obviously to just pound ground yards against this defense that, again, was ninth in an FCS conference in run defense last year. We could run for 400 yards against this team easily. But just know there's a really strong chance that this game is going to be really, really not fun. So just strap in and I'll turn to discuss.
0: Uh, yeah, so Skuz, um what, what do we know about the Salukio? Well, it ain't going to make you feel any better. Oh, boy. <clears throat> uh, I'm mildly
1: terrified of this offense, and that's not just because I hate the S- the, uh, the, the FCS game every year. So the Saluki scored more than 30 points in seven of their 13 games last year. Um, they boast a really good quarterback in Nick Baker. Uh, he threw for over 300 yards his first year as a starter. I feel like this is not typically what you hear in FCS, especially when there's so many like running QBs, etc. cetera. Uh, he's, he's expected to improve on that performance in 2022. The dude is tiny. He's listed at five foot nine and uh, he doesn't run much, but he has decent accuracy and he is not afraid of big throws downfield. Uh, more importantly, SIU features a bevy of wide receiver options. Um, they have, and, and, and these guys encompass a whole lot of, of different combinations of size and speed. They lose their best overall performer from last year, who had 60 catches and 10 TDs. But they have a different guy on their team, Avante Cox, who is far and away their best receiver. He was injured for a portion of last season, so he wasn't the top performer. He is back and expected to be at full speed in 2022. Mind you, he's considered not only the best playmaker in, in Southern Illinois' conference, uh, he probably would have hit 1,000 yards receiving in 2020, if not for the, the shutdowns, uh, but he's also on the NFL radar as a, as a draft prospect. And he has historically been Nick Baker's favorite target, not just in college, but in high school as well. These dudes played at Rochester High School in Rochester, Illinois, who won seven out of eight uh, state 4A titles. Uh, the final three were in the four years that these two guys were in school. Um, Cox originally committed to Wyoming out of high school. Uh, he, he left the Wyoming program just before um, recent Wyoming to Northwestern transfer Jalen Pate arrived there, uh, but he was a consensus All-American in 2020, and he is uh, really good. He's only five foot ten, but that just tells you how fast this guy is, how good his hands are, et cetera. Um, now, as seniors, uh, Baker and Cox, it's not just the two of them. They have a ton of talent around them. And um, they've got a massive tight end in Remington Lutz, who just transferred in from Abilene Christian. Uh, they've got another speedy receiver in Isaiah Hartrup, who was uh, a contributor last year. And then they have a running back, Javon Williams Jr., who's described as a quote, matchup nightmare at six foot two, 245 pounds. Whoa, what? Yeah. Now Baker and uh, and and Williams um, were both held in check somewhat last year by by that reasonable Kansas state defense. And, um, but I have to think that adding in Cox to the mix in another year for Baker's development, like this offense is going to be more more dynamic than you saw last season. Um, John mentioned the two fumbles. Had they not lost those two fumbles, I think K-State uh, probably would have... Or, or, or I, In addition to all the turnovers K-State had, Baker lost two fumbles in that game uh, for Illinois State. And if, and if not for that, I think the Salukis probably would have won. Now, this team, this offense... It is clearly not stocked with FBS talent beyond Cox, but they get the job done in a way that tells me that the Northwestern defense is going to have its hands absolutely full trying to slow them down this fall.
2: I love sc- scuzz. It it says all. It says everything about how you feel about SIU that you accidentally referred to them as Illinois State in that preview. <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> which every Northwestern fan was already twitching bad enough listening to this. And now
1: <laughs> sorry, y'all I, like Freudian slip, I guess it's, it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> this team looks awesome. And Bill, I mean, they have a
0: six foot two, 245 pound running back to go at our interior defensive line. My God. Well, again, this would be the point where we would go through that schedule. It doesn't matter. Um, they have a, a trophy game the week before us against Southeast Missouri. Great. They play North Dakota the week after us. Wonderful, congratulations, good for them.
1: They are they are legit considered a
2: threat for the um, FCS national Cha- championship. So I mean, and I think I think a lot of that has to do with their offense. I think the I mean, what's crazy is if you are like you know I mean I don't know like t- like to what extent Bill Connolly Bill Connolly does you know FCS or anything like that, but this team you would say would be due for this monstrous regression to the mean in the turnover department. I mean they had I think so I mean twenty nine turnovers gained last year is just ridiculous. Um
1: well and especially and, on
2: the fumble side and, because like fumble luck is a is a real thing. Right. And so that's that's the one thing. It's just I know it's so easy as a Northwestern fan to just climb inside your own head and be like, oh my god, I can see exactly how this is going. But I would come back and be like, "Look, like you saw Indiana State last year, right? And you saw how against a D and and honestly, like this defense in terms of just yardage gains matches easily up with that. I mean, Northwestern's offensive line should be able to pile drive this team. And again, this team loses a lot of the top performers from last year. It's just that's you know, as Scuzz said, like the way this that Kansas State game went down, which is the obvious comparison point here. It's just." SIU forced a bunch of turnovers and that kept the game really close. So again, it's like, obviously we just don't want to do that. If we can't, you know, we could easily smoke this team, but Scuzz also points the point of like, this is a team that if they gained a couple turnovers and they've got a bowling ball running back, you know, grinding yards or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's not the, it's, it's not what you want. But let's just hope that we we go out and treat this like the Indiana State game, and we get the the kind of performance or better performance out of it.
1: I do want to emphasize that when we previewed Indiana State last year, like we were both like, yeah, they've got some stuff, but like, right. Northwestern is far and away better than them. It should be able to control the game on both sides, and we're going to win. Right. This is a different like. This is not just us being doomy, doomy or gloomy. Like that. Like this is a hard matchup.
2: Right. And again, it's like they they know how their bread is buttered. Like, it's not like this team wasn't trying to gain turnovers last year. Like, that's what their defense does. I mean, I think, you know, what was it? The past couple of years, I think Washington State made that their thing, right? Where they were a talent-deficient defense that made forcing turnovers a thing and were able to make some real hay with it. Well, that's what SIU is going to try to do here. So
1: Sounds familiar from uh, personal experience in Evanston, right?
2: Yeah. Right. So, so you know, let's just hope, I think the, the simple recipe is that I think if, if we pile up 300-plus yards rushing yards in this game, I have a hard time believing they're going to stay with us, but we cannot turn the ball over.
0: If you or a loved one is seriously injured by someone else's negligence, hire Kent Sinson of the Sinson Law Group. After over a decade prosecuting murder cases in Chicago, Sinson opened his own firm focused on wrongful death and personal injury cases. He specializes in car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and other transportation accidents, as well as construction accidents, medical negligence, slip and falls, product liability, and more. Millions recovered for clients, no fee unless he wins. The Simpson Law Group, compassion, empathy, and vigorous advocacy. Go to SimpsonLawGroup.com or call 312 332 2107 for a free consultation and go, Cats. So let's turn our attention to uh, the next week's game, uh, September 24th, against Miami, Ohio. Um, you know, we got obviously a long long history with miami ohio uh, all the way back um to 95 <laughs> Cousin and
2: i were talking about it it's, it's not great <laughs> do, you, do you know what the record is the overall record
0: not it's, good right it, it's three and six. Oh my god i didn't realize it was wow okay yeah,
1: northwestern has won the last two um Whew.
0: One of which we were at, Sammy. Yeah, yeah, the, the, that was Fitz's first game, right? Fitz's first
1: game, yep. Um, but, but, man, that's rough.
0: Wow. Okay, well, um, you know, th- this team hasn't been a pushover for us in, in recent years or in any years. But uh, what do we expect from them defensively this year, John?
2: Well, this team lost to Minnesota by five last year, won a bowl game, and they haven't lost by more than two points since last September 25th. So we'll start there. That's super. Um, so, a lot of everything that I just listed has to do with that Miami defense. The Redhawks finished with the MAX number two scoring defense, number four total defense, number three rush defense. Um, in truth, though, and it's funny because I feel like scuzz has been the one that in the team previews up to this point has kind of taken this role and maybe he will, you know, when he gets to the offense here, but really what the 2022 Miami of Ohio defense will do is provide the best possible representation of the Mac in the age of the transfer portal. So Miami's leading tackler last year was Ivan pace. He now plays for Cincinnati. Miami's top two leaders in sacks last year were Lonnie Phelps and Cameron Butler they play for virginia and kansas now on the other hand miami has four probable starters coming into the defense at all three levels from iowa state indiana east carolina and most notably safety michael dowell from michigan state because nu just can't be done with the dowell family wow Um, yeah i know um overall is he one of the twins or is this like a third brother situation no he is like a subsequent dowel brother yes (laughs) wow they keep coming i know Um,
1: subsequent Dow brother is a term we (laughs) we somehow uh,
2: (laughs) weave that into their previews i know um so overall if you fold in guys who graduated miami has just been absolutely devastated in terms of production all their guys. They lost their top five guys in sacks. And basically every top performer except, except star freshman safety Matthew Salopek, who had 115 tackles last year. So he's still there. But you know if Salopec turns in a performance like last year's as a sophomore, he'll be gone too. That's how the MAC works now. So to effectively sum it up, Miami has developed a strong recent defensive pedigree that is trying to cope with this just insane level of turnover that just comes with being in the MAC right now. So they have very, very little returning production, but they're going to have a legit power five pair of safeties, guys who were decent recruits at all levels and then the confidence of a team that bowled last year and played every single team on their schedule other than Cincinnati close last year. So NU's offense is for sure better than this defense, but probably not by leaps and bounds. Um, Northwestern's going to have to play clean, mistake-free football here, um, especially considering the Miami O that I know Scuzz is about to map out.
0: Uh, so let's go ahead and map it out, scuz Scuzz.
1: Yeah. So I, this is not enough. So to to build off of your point about the transfer portal and the Mac John, this is probably an outlier because I think they've got more coming in than they have going out on the portal. And they've got a lot of returning players um, on an offense that was really good last year. Uh, They were super, super, (laughs) super. Yeah. They were super efficient in, in 2021. I I believe they averaged uh, 30 points per game. They've done just legitimate damage for three years in a row on offense. Uh, They were led last year by Brett Gabbert. He is um, wildly efficient and effective. Nine yards per attempt while only completing like 59% of his passes. That's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. 26 touchdowns on only 300 attempts. Wow. That is one touchdown every 11 and a half attempted passes. Wow. And he only threw six picks like, like these, these stats are legit bonkers. Um, this simultaneously highlights like th- their, their greatest asset that they're really effective attacking downfield and their greatest efficiency that when they are not able to complete 60% of their passes last year, they were one in six, They were six and O when they were over that mark. So there's, there's your, there's your marker. Northwestern like, Somehow you've got to make Gabbert uncomfortable in the pocket and, and disrupt his timing and uh, cover the routes well enough to, um, to keep this offense. Like, I I mean, I I assume that they throw deep a lot. And if you disrupt them in that way, they're going to go three and three and out. They cannot sustain long drives. Um, Part of the reason last year, you know, they had a they had a veteran offensive line. It had one of the best sack rates in the entire nation, but also really struggled to block in the run game. So even though teams knew Miami was probably throwing in most high leverage situations um, or that it was the, you know, the biggest asset they had, they still couldn't disrupt it. Uh, four of those starters from that last year's offensive line are back. So it should be more of the same this season. They did lose their best receiver in Jack Sorensen, but they get back uh, their number two guy whose, whose last name is hip and hammer, which is fantastic. Uh, they get three other, they have three other legit contributors from last year coming back and they get a really nice transfer in miles marshall from iu uh, he averaged 14 yards per catch in um relatively limited with duty with the hoosiers over the last few years he also presents a physical mismatch for most dbs he's listed at 6'4 212. now miami did like like i mentioned this like they didn't do great running the ball on a on a per carry basis um but they still were really committed to the run um they had four really young backs that rushed for about 1400 yards combined, but they struggled to average more than four per carry. However, all four of those guys are back. So you, you expect some development. You expect them to be a little bit better. You expect maybe some emphasis for that, for that offensive line on the running game. But bottom line, this is, this is a dynamic offense. It, it is a Mac offense, but it is dynamic nonetheless. Like, like Geber for example, he's six foot, you know, he's not going to go run for a hundred yards on you or something like he's, he's not an, an you know, an athletic specimen that you would see at a power five conference. There's a reason he came back to Miami. Um, but they scored a ton and they scored 12 more points than we did on Minnesota's D. So um, I, I do think given, you know, we talked about this a little bit on our Nebraska podcast, like given the likely strength of Northwestern's secondary, this is probably a preferable Mac offense for us to face versus, you know, one that's got like a three-headed monster at running back that that tries misdirection and running six six ways to Sunday. Um, that said, I like Gabbert is really scary when he's accurate, and there is a lot of talent in this receiver core. And I think there's a little reason to believe that they couldn't put up at least 21, 24 points on the Cats. I mean, we struggled to score enough to beat a team that can do that last year. Um, I think 10 out of 12 games. So this poses a much bigger threat to Northwestern than, than the Ohio Bobcats did last season.
0: Lovely. Um, so just going to run through their their schedule only because this, this might come into play a little bit. They opened up the season at Kentucky. They play Robert Morris. They play Cincinnati in the Bengals stadium. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I, because it's you could probably speak to like, does Cincinnati, would Cincinnati pull into the Bengals stadium more than they would at Nippert? well it's i mean
1: like yes because because the city is jacked about uc probably what's more important is that um probably 50 percent or more of the graduates from miami end up in cincinnati so i mean this is a, gotcha. this is a, a gotcha. huge miami of ohio i mean like i I think i think half the people on my block who co- whose college I know they went to it's 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 west virginia miami or 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 ohio so um there's a, uh, and, and they're all
0: Buckeye fans, right?
1: Yeah, well, no, no actually, actually they're not, which is great. But um, point being, I think like Cincinnati should have a really good showing. Miami should have a really good showing at that game too. But um, are you about to say that we're the following week? I am going to say that we're the yeah, following week. that's a big let letdown, letdown situation for for them coming off of. Um, I mean, a team they probably think is gettable, given all of all of Cincinnati's losses. I mean, Cincinnati lost a veritable veritable like seven professional football players on the defensive side (laughs) after last season. So um, that's a, it's a huge matchup for Miami and um, it's nice. Like it's, it's rare that we get a non-conference team in
0: a letdown spot like that. And uh, the the week after us, they play, they play at Buffalo again. I'm not sure if that's, that's a look ahead spot, but
2: uh, you know, they're getting into conference play after us. So I feel like, you know, in years past, one of the big narratives, right, with the Mac game, the FCS game, but certainly the Mac game, right, is like, oh, you know, like we play with an abbreviated playbook and the game ends up being ugly and, you know, and it's like we end up being like, oh, my God, why are we like playing this kind of football? Why is this game down in the mud? This ain't that game, people. Sorry. Um the the consensus is that if you look across media predictions, the consensus is that Miami of Ohio is either the best or the second best team in the Mac. And we were a three and nine team in the Big Ten last year. And Miami of Ohio for sure thinks they can win this game. And that is the that's the reality that we're dealing with here. Now we get them at home, which is great, but this is a good football team. And again, like we've said off the top, this non con is no peach it is there are no gimmies here and this is a team that again it's a team that's a strong culture they're kind of riding high right now i think the feeling within that program is they're thinking i mean what so so to re, to rehash sammy right they have kentucky cincinnati and us as non-con games and, and, right and
0: robert morris but you know
2: and robert morris but i think you know Miami of Ohio is probably thinking realistically that they're two and two coming out of those four games and they probably have our game circled so I mean this game is this is a a knockdown drag out and I think a game where we're going to learn a lot about Northwestern if all of our rosiest predictions right if 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 All of our dreams come come true. Right. Um, And I think, you know, our good friend Chappie, right. He put out his preview. He's calling us seven and five right this season, which is a a rosy outlook that I'll take that immediately. You want to write that chisel that in stone. Fantastic. Um, A team that a Northwestern team that goes seven and five next year probably shows out in a game like this and says, hey, last year is not this year. And yes, this is a really high-profile MAC team, but you know what? We are who we are. We've won two West titles in the past handful of years, and we're you know we're capable of going to another place. This is the kind of game where you show out. Um, but realistically, this is going to be a tough game. Um, if we win this one, it's going to be a hard-earned victory. It
1: is from an entertainment standpoint as a Northwestern season
2: ticket holder. Like
1: it, it is interesting to sit back and look at this non-con Duke, SIU, Miami, and think that the Duke game might be the least entertaining of these three. And that like, unfortunately that means we might lose one of these other two or both. But um, like from a, from a fan perspective, like don't sit on these games. These should be fun games. Like like John, to your point earlier about the reduced playbook and this, that, and the other thing, like these should be good, tough matchups. Um, And that's not, that's not because Northwestern is crap. I mean, we we might be crap, but it's it's predominantly because of these these other teams are are strong and assuming Northwestern comes to play like it should be a lot of fun.
2: It's just I mean, I think the fact of the matter is that there's no soft underbelly to this schedule. It's I mean, you could argue is it a murderer's row. No, it's not a murderer's row, but there's no soft underbelly. A Northwestern team that doesn't have its act together or has a hangover coming back across the Atlantic, you know, heading into those next three games. There are no favors to be done here. Um let me have ask to play a, let me let me just
0: football. ask a, Let me ask a quick question. If we had gone 7 and 5 last year, how much is our tune changing based on absolutely nothing else?
1: I'm
2: um Okay, how how do we I, go so, 7 I, and 5 last? Year? I, 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 mean, <laughs> I was going to say Sammy I mean, so the truth is I'd be feeling great about Duke, um, I think, and probably to a lesser extent uh, SIU because I'd be like, well, we're just actually going to pile drive that team on the ground. And Miami of Ohio, I'd be like, do not, do not, you know, do not feel too good about this. Do not get all feeling great about yourself because this is an awesome, you know, Mac team that's probably the way I'd be thinking about it. I would, I would still have all, all kinds of trepidation specifically on the Miami of Ohio game. Okay.
1: So I, I'll couch it a slightly different way in that if we went seven and five last year, I think it would have to have been on the strength of the defense. Right. Um, and that would not change the fact that we have lost a ton on the D line and Brandon Joseph coming into this season. So they're, they're, would be some really big questions on that side of the ball. Um, The other side of that coin is having uh, Cam Porter back and the trench cat pride that, John, you've talked about in a couple of these different previews and the the potential for a really strong running game at Northwestern. Um, I actually think a, a, a fits... Fits in the staff coming off a three and nine year is going to bring out a better game plan and coaching approach to these non con games than would have happened coming off a seven and five year.
2: Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. I think, too, Scus, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, talking about, I mean, quote unquote fun right well you're like these could be like fun games and almost from like a quasi outside and i think a lot of northwestern fans are being like these sound like they're the farthest possible thing from fun i would i'd spin it this way though i think there have certainly been games in the past right we mentioned those aforementioned mac games or you know those just gross games where we're like oh my god folks there ain't no gross wins coming out of this a win is a win there is no win in this stretch you should not celebrate. I don't care if it's by one point or 20 points. These wins are going to be earned. If Northwestern wins over Miami of Ohio 17-15, high five the nearest Northwestern fan and be like, sweet, chalk up that win. On we go because um, it's it's that kind of non-con. Just wins are wins. We, how we get them, don't don't concern yourself with that. There are a lot of dangerous teams here. It'll be and... really
1: interesting to see how the
2: betting lines
1: evolve as the season starts. Because, like, let's say we lose to Nebraska but beat Duke, and Miami has beaten Kentucky and Cincinnati. Miami will 100% be favored. If Miami's sure. beating Kentucky and Cincinnati, Miami's going to be favored over most of the teams in the country. Good <laughs> lord! Um, so, like, I, you know, maybe that, maybe Kentucky is is a bridge too far. But, like, point being, I, like, the perception on these games should be that they're close games. And I think to your point, it's it's not like it's not just the grossness of past MAC games; it's that. Northwestern comes in as a 21 point favorite and we all know that that's just preposterous and it's never going to play out that way because of the mentality approach, like game design that our, that our coaches will, will take in those games. And when I say fun, I think what I mean is instead of a game where you are disappointed because of your expectations and, or the, the, you know, national perception of, of what, of what the game should look like from you know the opening drive these are going to be back and forth affairs much like when we played when we played western michigan um now we, we lost that game to western michigan back in 2018 and that was a real bummer and I, like North, like Northwestern was going in for the winning touchdown when they fumbled it out of bounds in the end zone, which is a stupid rule, as we talk about all the time with our buddy Chris Giannini. But point being, like that was a really fun game. Everybody knew it was going to be a battle. Everybody knew it was going to be tough. Everybody knew it was going to be back and forth and fair. Like Northwestern was favored, but it wasn't by three touchdowns, certainly. That's what I mean when I say fun, is like a matchup, a game to look forward to. Um, I mean, we, 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 we watch football because we like it, not because we – I mean, if we wanted to watch a team – pace the other
0: team by 50 points every week we'd be Alabama fans We wouldn't be Northwestern fans so so you're saying like rooting interest aside is this going to be an entertaining 60 minutes of football should be okay
2: yeah Scuz, what you just said you finally crystallized up I realized that if I'm only able to ask for one thing from Northwestern this coming year I want us to come into this Miami of Ohio game favored by three touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the set of events that would have occurred to get us to that place, I, I don't even care. I don't care what those events are, I'll take them blind. If we were favored by twenty one points coming into this Miami of Ohio I mean, I game. I have to
1: look like the freaking all blacks in Dublin. Uh, yes. it seems yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know right. what else I don't know what
2: other scenario <laughs> could result in that. I, I'm not picky, Scuzz. I'm not picky. Whatever the scenario is. <laughs> it would be is. a good problem to have.
0: Uh anything else to mention before we uh close the book on our non conference schedule and get into the meat grinder of the Big Ten next week? No. Yeah. Yeah, just... I like I, I, I think at the
1: risk of um writing a check that we can't cash, I don't know, like there, I think we've been relatively um I certainly have been relatively like I don't know, down on Northwestern's prospects this year. And that's not to say that I'm not excited about the season or the potential that there isn't like the potential for Northwestern to have a rebound year and to do really good things. But um, I also want to be really realistic about where we ended last season, who we've lost from the team, et cetera. So I just like, I I say that because I don't want people to, to listen to the Duke pod and this pod and be like, whoa, like I'm out you know call call me in 2023 um i think there's still a lot of opportunity for the cats to build um and build towards something much much more appealing in 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 2023 um so i like i think like, and and sometimes these are the years is surprise so i i don't know i just want to throw a little bit of, a little bit of hope and uh and and purple meat out to to our fans who um i hope are not feeling too negative about about the impending year
0: well hopefully they shouldn't be because everyone's going to be wearing new home field apparel damn
1: straight we'll all look good we might <laughs> we might lose 10 games but we'll look damn good doing it right
0: absolutely oh, well that'll just about wrap it up for this week head to our website westlawpirates.com we can leave comments and questions find us on facebook twitter and instagram at Pirates, and email the show westlawpirates at gmail.com Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. Look for us in the west lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the court. For John Lacombe and Eric Skazbo, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.